I'm Norm Kissinger from Redeeming the Time Brothers Ministries. Uh, my brother Gene and I have spent many years in the ministry as pastors and preaching the gospel, and we are moving into a new phase in our ministry where we're beginning to put more stuff online and uh, to be able to move into the internet age. And so we're uh, uh, putting more material online because we want to have the biggest outreach that we can have in preaching the gospel to the world as well as equipping saints for the work of the ministry and using different concepts and, and ideas that the Lord has taught both of us and passing those on to uh, other other believers and as we share our, our uh, learning and our uh, insights with each other then the body of Christ is stronger because of it. So we've been talking about the priesthood of the believer, and we're going to continue with that concept. And so I'm going to read our foundational verse here, and then I'm going to talk about the different uh, subject matter that we're going to go over in talking about the priesthood of the believer. But in 1 Peter 3.9 it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have attained mercy. And so our verse there talks about the idea that one of the uh, illustrations of the Christian life and one of the metaphors of the Christian life is the metaphor of us being believer priests, that every man, woman, and child who is a born-again Christian, enters into the priesthood and ministers the gospel to the world uh, around us. And so we're going to use the idea of the priesthood in order to illustrate um, uh, how ministry can work effectively for each individual Christians. Now I'm going to focus mostly on the individual Christian, not on the church. There's a thousands and thousands of different very effective ministries out there that are part of the corporate body of Christ. But I'm talking about how to learn how to minister your own giftings, callings, talents, and missions that God has given you so that you can minister effectively uh, in the world around you as an individual. Because as we talked about before, especially moving in very likely to uh, the end times, and if not the end times, at least some harder times for Christians here in America. Uh, we, um, we need to know how to be as equipped as possible and be able to minister maybe without a lot of uh, extra church help or support in order to minister uh, to people around us. And by, basically, I believe that God has equipped us to do that through uh, spiritual gifts, talents, and um, the places that he's put us in, the ministries that he's put us in. So the subjects that we're going to go over on the priesthood of the believer are we're going to talk about the clothes of the, of the believer. A, a priest is identified from uh, the laity out in the world that you can tell different types of priests and monks and, and nuns um, uh, from pretty much any religion based on the type of clothing that they would wear. We're going to talk about what the Bible talks about, our clothing as priests. Uh, we're going to talk about the sacrifices of the believer priest. What does the believer priest of the New Testament sacrificed. In the Old Testament it was grain and oil and it was uh, cows and, and goats and sheep and birds, uh, but in the New Testament the sacrifices are different. We're going to talk about what those sacrifices are. I personally believe that God has is very precise 
And the next one we're going to be talking about are the orders of the priesthood that I think are found in the spiritual gifts. That I think that he gives each and every one of us a different perspective about the church so that we focus on a different perspective. And if we understand what our perspective is and understand that other people may have different perspectives that God has given them and, and their giftings, then we will not be as offended with each other. And then we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and how to apply this in, in the spiritual life because the whole purpose of the priesthood is to be able to be as effective as possible uh, in the kingdom uh, with all of the um, darkness that is going on around us. And so we'll continue with that, uh, with that idea as we continue to study. Now, I mentioned briefly that just in, in the last couple of times that we talked, I mentioned some of the things that uh, um, that the things that we need to be careful of is that we want to make sure that we don't, uh, that we understand, I think, why that the church doesn't focus much on this as an illustration. It will, I've heard preachers preach on the being a soldier and uh, the idea of being a son and uh, a son or daughter of God and, and those kind of concepts, but tend to stay away from the idea of the priesthood, uh, especially the Protestant church tends to do that. So I'm turning in my Bible over to um, Hebrews chapter 9, and that's where we'll begin to uh, look at this concept here and uh, talk about several of the pitfalls of of why I think the church has avoided the idea of developing the priesthood of the believer as a uh, as a type of ministry and uh, illustrating the ministry that we all have. And so, over in Hebrews chapter nine, verses eleven through fourteen, and it says to us here. Uh, verses 11 and 14, But Christ came as a high priest of good things to come, with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained the eternal redemption. For the blood and bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit uh, offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your consciences from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, he is a mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. And so one of the uh, issues with why that I think especially the Protestant church has not developed the theme of the priesthood of the believer and talked about it is because there is a danger in, in, uh, in moving away from the idea that Christ is truly our high priest. And so for all of us, Without Christ, we have no access to God. In fact, not only is he our high priest, but according to this passage here in Hebrews chapter 9, he's also our sacrifice. So Christ may, became both. He became both the high priest and he became the ultimate sacrifice. He is the ultimate sacrificial lamb. He's the ultimate high priest. But the problem with teaching the priesthood of the believer uh, is that it can be carried too far and it can be considered blasphemy by taking away the ultimate importance of the priesthood of Christ. And I certainly do not want to do that. I use this illustration because I think that we need every tool we can find uh, to be able to be ministering faithfully to, uh, to the world around us. And so we'll talk about how that we 
uh, minister to the world around us and offer to the world around us the sacrifice of Christ, which is the ultimate sacrifice for every sin, past, present, and future, that we could ever commit. Now, the second reason that I think that the church has stayed away from talking about the priesthood of the believer is that uh, the church is silent on the subject over the centuries because it's very easy to move from emphasizing the priesthood of the believer and in doing so then makes the Christian, the individual Christian, less accountable to the authorities in the church. We are still responsible for each other and to be there for each other and to pray for each other and to gather with each other and those concepts. And so uh, almost every concept in the New Testament, if you read church history, which I love history and especially church history, has been misused and, uh, and, and carried to extremes and therefore it has become heresy. So that's a valid I'm just telling you the valid reasons why the church may avoid the idea of talking about the priesthood of the believer as a, as a concept of spiritual growth. The third reason is that the priesthood of the believer concept can take away from the professional ministry and therefore hurt the calling of pastors. And so the third uh, reason would be that there's a fear that if we talk about the priesthood of the believer and if, if individual Christians become more empowered to do what they're supposed to do, that the ministry of pastors would become less or become um, uh, uh, less important or become watered down. Actually, the opposite is true because uh, basically that when we become uh, attuned to the uh, roles and callings that we have, the pastors, as we're going to see in this next video, are able then to um, fulfill their role, which is in the church, the role of the ministry gifts are to equip the saints to be the believer priest that God has called them to be. And so actually, rather than unempowering pastors, the idea of every individual believer being a priest actually empowers pastors to be the most effective for uh, the work uh, of the ministry. And so uh, I wanted to go more in detail over both what we're going to cover today and also go a little bit more in detail over uh, what some of the reasons why I don't think the church used uh, the idea of the priesthood as a believer as a metaphor over the years. Uh, and some of the of the pitfalls. And so when we meet again, we're going to be talking about uh, what is the benefit, basically, of using the uh, priesthood of the believer and why it's important that we are as equipped as possible as individual Christians to do the work of the ministry, whether we're in a church or not, whether we have ministries within the church or not, that we understand our own giftings and are able to use them for the Lord. So there's some big benefits to doing so, and we'll talk about those next time. This is Norm Kissinger from Redeeming the Time Brothers Ministries. Be sure and watch uh, our, our videos and our podcasts, and uh, uh, Brother Gene, as he uh, teaches uh, many uh, uh, wonderful lessons online. Uh, God bless you guys, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.